there's never been a better time for women to enter the field of logistics, but obstacles remain. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Certain aspects of logistics have been notoriously sexist, while others seem to welcome the presence of women as professionals and managers. But the field is changing rapidly. Technology, globalization, the Internet, education, and a growing talent gap are just a few of the trends that are causing a transformation in the business. As a result, many of the barriers that used to stand in the way of women are disappearing. Today, I'm speaking with Sharon McWilliams, franchise owner of Blue Grace Logistics in Fair Oaks, outside Sacramento, California. She walked away from a career as a successful litigator to buy a business that she knew nothing about prior to walking through the door. She talks about her journey so far, the reasons she made the change, and how she views the role of women in logistics today. We also discuss how she balances work and family, a question that no man ever seems to get asked. So here is my conversation with Sharon McWilliams. Sharon McWilliams, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. In this discussion we're going to have about women working in logistics, I'd like you, first of all, to describe your own journey to where you are today. How did you get started? Was logistics on your radar screen early? Tell me a little bit about your history. Well, my background was not in logistics at all. I actually started out in the business world as a business litigator, and I worked as a lawyer for 10 years. And after my second daughter was born in 2006, I needed to make a lifestyle change from working, oh, 80 hours a week and every weekend and every holiday. And so I looked for a business to buy. And in um, 2007, I purchased a franchise that resold DHL services, which is small package air freight. Um, and I ran that business for about a year and a half until DHL exited the U.S. market. A very small piece of that franchise was selling freight, and there was a little bit of training in actual um, shipping freight with LTL and truckload carriers. And so I gained a little bit of knowledge about that. And after, after DHL exited the U.S. market, there was an opportunity to work with Blue Grace Logistics with freight. I knew the owner of Blue Grace Logistics. And so uh, slowly just built up a freight book of business. And when they began franchising, became a franchisee and just learned LTL and truckload hands-on little by little. And that's how I entered the industry. What an interesting way to come into the business, not in terms of any type of schooling or anything. In fact, being an act- being an attorney. Right. Uh, were you a, did you have your own practice or were you part of a larger practice when you practiced law? 
Uh, I would practice with Downey Brand, which is the largest law firm in Sacramento. Okay, so you were not at that point uh, of any experience in, in business ownership. Then you turned around and you actually acquired a business. Was that like day one, business ownership 101, learning from the ground up? I mean, how did you even approach this idea of owning a business when, it, when you hadn't done anything like that before? Well, I grew up in a family that owned a business. We actually owned a campground. And the about three months before I purchased the business, a good friend of mine came out to di- visit me, and she had just purchased a business. And I was telling her that I was looking for a career change, and she told me I needed to buy a business, and I told her that she was crazy. And she said, well, you grew up with a family that ran a business, and you worked in that business. You know a lot more about running a, a small business than you think you do, and you've been a business litigator for 10 years, so you've been working with businesses for 10 years, and so you have a, another perspective of how businesses operate. And she said, and the rest of the stuff, you can just figure it out as you go along. And so she talked me into having the confidence to begin that journey. And so I, in looking for businesses to buy, I wasn't looking for a logistics business. I was looking for a business that was going to fit more of a lifestyle that I was looking for. And that's what kind of fell into my lap. And I was very, very lucky that I bought an existing franchise from a guy by the name of Dave Nicholson, who spent a month with me transitioning me into business ownership uh, from all aspects of how to run sales to how to do QuickBooks and um, how to handle customer service issues for soup to nuts of basically what he had learned over the couple years that he owned the business and teaching me how to how to run one as well. A quick tutorial on the industry too. I mean, you already if you had the business acumen, you still had to learn about the freight business and the logistics business. Day one, you walk into this new business, you're the owner, and essentially until. Until you sit down and actually do the work, you don't know a thing about the business? Is that the way it works, nuts and bolts? That's exactly how it works. So, And that was shipping small parcels. So that was air. That was, you know, law firms that are shipping, you know, papers from one law firm to another, air, air parcel, you know. So that was a really different thing. But I didn't know anything about it. Um, the shipping things overnight was something that my secretary did for me. And so I had no idea how that business worked, and I learned that from the ground up and then slowly learned, had been learning, actually still learning freight from the ground up because, as we say in my office constantly, we're learning new things almost every day. There's so much to learn about the industry. Was there a Blue Grace office in Sacramento area before, or did you set it up for the first time? No, I set it up for the first time. I was I started with Blue Grace when they started. So from the ground up, we became Blue Grace together um, because the owner of Blue Grace Logistics was in the former franchise system with me that I was in before. Oh, so you knew that individual based on your from your previous business. Right. Mm-hmm. So, And there were a handful of us that all started working uh, with Blue Grace right from the inception, at, which was at the very end of our other franchise when, when DHL left the U.S. market. When did you launch the Blue Grace Fair Oaks uh, franchise? That was in 2012. They, it, the becoming a franchisor, my understanding is, takes some time. So we operated more on an agent system until they had all the pieces in place to become a franchisor and then to bring in franchises. So it, that actually took a couple of years. So how big is your operation in Fair Oaks? I have five employees working for me. Was that the way, the way it was from day one? 
So Did, day, uh, it started out that way? No, day one when I was with my former franchise, there was one employee, and she was a customer service representative, and she had worked for the business for two weeks before I started. So she and I learned it from the ground up together, and actually she still works with me eight years later. And then I hired my first sales rep a couple of, of months later once I got my my feet on the ground and really kind of had a better understanding of how to operate the business is when I hired my first sales rep. And currently I have three administrative people and two sales reps. How much of your day is is dedicated to business development? I probably split my day working with my sales reps on business development and working with my customer service people on more customer retention, but I think about customer retention as also being business development because we're constantly trying to develop new business out of existing customers, and also it's a very competitive industry, and and it can be challenging sometimes to keep customers, and so I look at customer service as, as business development as well as sales. So when you walk into an office of a potential client meeting you for the first time, do you feel completely accepted as a potential provider of services to them, or is there any kind of residual feeling of sexism or the fact that you're a woman that you might feel works at your disadvantage, at least at the outset? Well, everything that we do right now is inside sales. So when you walk into an office and meet someone for the first time in a business development type situation and you're selling your services and they look at you and they see a woman in charge, this is a business that has been historically extremely sexist or at least aspects of it. And I'm wondering if you still feel any residual kind of feeling from that, if you encounter that at all. Yes, I think that there there is some sexism, and I don't know whether or not it's because of it's an industry thing or whether that just is, sometimes it's just a corporate culture within certain businesses. There are many, many businesses out there that are very open to the idea of doing business with women and having women handle very important aspects of their business, whether it was doing legal work for them or whether it's handling their logistics and, and trusting someone of the opposite sex to something that they think is very important to their business. Um, so depending on the corporation, you have this sometimes there's a corporate culture where they're not very accepting of women. And I don't know that that's necessarily just logistics or if that's just the way certain businesses work and they're just not open to handing off what they deem to be important aspects of their business to women. I would not be surprised to hear that you might have experienced some of that as a litigator. Absolutely. That you would have found yourself uh, under underestimated by the competition, so to speak, as is often the case with uh, with women litigators, that they didn't quite respect you, at least at the beginning. Maybe they changed their tune by the end, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you probably had a little bit of experience in that as well. Right, which is why I say I don't know that it's necessarily just the logistics, because I experienced it as as an attorney as well, that there are, there are just corporations where they really – you could sense that they perhaps might have preferred that there were a man working on their case instead of a woman. In terms of your perception of the larger world of logistics and freight and supply chain, as you look around, what is your impression of, I guess this is just asking for a personal uh, personal opinion, not based on any data or anything, but what is your impression of the position of women in this field right now? I think women are really well positioned to be in this field. There, there are a lot of things of taking care of people's logistics that I think that women can handle in a in a very nice way. That 
they can talk to customers and help understand people's concerns and really listen to what their customers are wanting in terms of how they want their logistics best handled. And, uh, and that's not necessarily a uniquely wom- womanly trait. However, um, there are a lot of women who are good listeners and who can take the time to really try to understand what people are wanting and work their hardest to implement that for them. And I think that a lot of businesses will appreciate the fact that they're being listened to and their needs and desires are well thought out by the person who's working on their logistics for them. Just the very fact of the nature of the diversity of it, too, because you're going to be interacting with both men and women on on the client side. And so it probably is to your benefit to have that level of diversity on the on the supplier side, the provider side. Absolutely. I find a lot of times when I'm speaking with women business owners that they appreciate having a woman on the other end of the phone talking to them about moving their freight. And they probably have experience not being as well respected as their male counterparts. And so I think that they appreciate the fact that a fellow business owner is going to give them the respect and the attention that they're hoping to get in their position. Are you involved in any network organization of women in logistics or women in business in the Sacramento area? I'm not. No, it's not something that I've looked into, but it's something that I would be really open to looking into. I was um, a part of some organizations as a lawyer, and that was really great but I haven't looked into anything for networking in the logistics industry. Not, I feel like we, I network a lot within my own franchise system. There are a lot of us, and so we collaborate a lot and talk to each other a lot about the challenges we face or solutions we've found for things. In fact, I understand that the entire Blue Grace organization consists of about 175 employees, including more than 50 women, so there are a number of others in the Blue Grace organization, do you interact with them on a regular basis? I interact with a, a lot of the people at the Blue Grace corporate office. Different people there have their roles in terms of where their level of what type of support they provide. So a lot of the support that I need is from men within the organization. But there's a, there are a fair amount of women that are in um, high positions that are offering support to the franchisees as well and provide a lot of very useful information. Do you find yourself in any kind of a mentoring ro- uh, role or do you see the opportunity or the desire to do that at some point, kind of you know, blaze the trail, so to speak, and help others get into the industry <laughs> based in part on your own experience? Well, it's definitely something that I'm open to. I've, I've uh, work with other franchisees who are newer franchisees and offer my assistance on various issues. I haven't worked specifically with any women. There are women within franchise offices that call me because they're working from that office, but I don't know their role in that office other than they're calling to ask a particular question. Um, within my own office, I'm constantly mentoring the women and hoping to work as a good role model for them in terms of you know, how to how to be a good business person and operate a good business. Did you uh, play, ever play that role at the law firm? Absolutely. The law firms that I worked at had structured mentoring systems, and so every year you were given a junior attorney to mentor. And I always mentored young women, and 
it was a really great experience. I, I loved working as a mentor for the more junior attorneys. I'm just wondering also at the university level, there are a lot of logistics programs out there now that funnel people into this, into this field. Uh, and I imagine there are a good number of women in those programs too. Have you explored any of those or, or thought about maybe going back to them and, and uh, speaking to classes uh, at the university level about opportunities in logistics for women? Well, that's interesting you say that because I actually just reached out about a week and a half ago to a professor at Sacramento State University um, to talk with him about whether or not there were was opportunities for me to get to know any of the um, graduates or students in his class to see if there was any opportunity for me to either mentor or um you know, provide internships or even like full-time jobs for people who have graduated to see what that program offers to their students and what those students might be looking for, whether there's an opportunity there for both sides. I think they would appreciate the opportunity to speak to people who are already in the business, such as yourself. I right. think they'd get a lot of value out of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping he said he was going to look for some students and see if there was you know, some people that I could perhaps talk to. And I'm just now I'm waiting to hear back. You were talking earlier about the lifestyle change you felt was necessary with the, the coming of, I guess, a, was it a second daughter, did you say? Or yeah. Just, and uh, your 80-hour weeks at the law firm. I would think off the top of my head that if someone wanted to reduce one's hours in work, the last thing we'd want to do is go own a business <laughs> because it seems to me that business owners work harder, especially small business owners, work harder than anybody. Um, is that not true? I mean, in terms of the hours you have to put in, what, is it less than you had to do with the law firm? It it actually is less. I think in part because I think you can work almost as hard as you want to work. You you could work an unlimited number of hours if you wanted to as a small business owner, and it depends on what, what's more important to you: making a lot of money or spending a lot of time with your family, or a mixture of the both of both things. And I'm trying to achieve a balance of spending time with my family and also operating a successful business. The other real difference is that as a attorney, your the hours that you work and what's required of you is driven by outside forces. So there, if a client has an important case that they're working on, you don't have a choice to say, well, maybe I'm not really going to do that right now, and instead I'm going to take my kids to a practice or something like that. You need to do it because it's client-driven and there are other people depending on you, whereas mm -hmm. when you're operating a small business, you are basically your own client in, in terms of how much you need to put into it. And so I was able to back off of that a little bit. And then the other thing uh, is people really don't ship very much on weekends and evenings. And so I can op do a lot of my kind of back office business stuff if I need to after kids go to bed or early in the morning on a Saturday. Um, but I don't really need to worry about what's happening with customers and operational types of things at, outside of normal business hours, which is very helpful. I wonder if you're speaking a little too soon about that, and I'll tell you why. It just <laughs> seems that, at least on the consumer side, uh, a lot of the business and the shipping business you do is like B2B. But in the B2C area, uh, so much more shipment activity is now moving into the weekends and holidays and, and things like that. Uh, I wonder if you're going to start finding more pressures to uh, to serve your clients outside normal business hours. So far, I haven't seen it. Really, the only time I see anything beyond normal business hours is if I have something or 
someone's got something that they need expedited. Um, but in terms of my business model, you're right, it's primarily B2B. And because most businesses are really just operating normal business hours Monday through Friday, we're not seeing a demand for anything to really happen outside of those hours. And most of our business is with the common carriers, and those common carriers are not operating other, you know, uh, in terms of working with businesses on weekends or evenings or that sort of thing. And so unless they're going to change their model and start offering services on weekends, then I don't see how you know, that's, that's going to be extended to any businesses. You ever get tired of being asked how you juggle family and work, given the fact that no man has ever asked that question? <laughs> no. Not really, because I I do think men are still juggling it. And more more, I think men are juggling family and work as they are they're married to women who are juggling it, which means that they then need to pick up some of that slack as well. I know my husband is is a business owner; he's a chiropractor, so he's operating his own business and you know doing his best to make sure that I can operate mine and that I'm able to juggle what I need to juggle. And I see a lot more of my um, friends' husbands kind of doing the same thing, taking kids to practices, making dinners. And, well, sure. We, I yeah. mean, we do that, but nobody asks us about it. <laughs> you know, in an interview with a business leader or a business owner, if it's a guy, nobody ever says, tell me about how you, you know, balance your home life and your kids with your, with your job. I know, but then Even if they're it, doing it. Don't they feel the underappreciated then? Because then nobody recognizes that they're actually doing it. Gee, now you're making me feel bad. I'm underappreciated. Is that what you're saying? You could be, right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, so. yeah it, it, it's a juggle, but it's a juggle for it's a juggle for everybody, you know. And these years are very short. I've got an 11 year old, and you know, we've more than half the time that she's going to be home is already passed. And so, rather than think about what we're trying to accomplish on a daily basis and juggling it instead of trying to really make sure that I'm enjoying the time that I do have with her because in a few short years, then my eight-year-old will be gone in 10 years and I can work as much as I want and not have to worry about juggling it. So I'm trying really hard to focus on that aspect of it instead of sometimes what can be really challenging with trying to get it all done. How do you see your path professionally? Where do you want to go with this? Well, I'd like to have the franchise grow to a point where I can hire more people so that I feel like I am not wearing quite as many hats. Not that I don't want to wear any hats, but because we're small, I do an awful lot of everything. And it would be nice to have more people who can take on greater challenges within the office uh, and have have me feel confident that things are going to get taken care of if I'm not watching every little aspect of things, which is where I am right now. So you really do want to grow. I do want to grow. Yeah, it's fun. It's really fun watching your numbers grow, and it's fun getting bigger. And kind of getting your name out there too. Sure. Because you're up you're up against some big competition out there in terms of you know large three PLs and the like. I guess you have to kind of present sort of a boutique approach and 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 kind of make your make your value known in that way. Our, the value that we try to present is really phenomenal customer service. And have, in fact, about a half an hour before you and I started speaking, one of my customers called to thank me for 
helping them as often as I help them out of creating kind of crazy predicaments and just make sure that their lives go smoothly. And it's really nice to hear that it's actually working, the amount of work that we put into trying to make sure we're going above and beyond for our customers, that they see it and they, and they know that we're, we are providing a value to them. It sounds, though, that you've gotten to this point in your life and in your professional career without having to experience any egregious examples of sexism or anything that really kept you from advancing. It doesn't sound like you've really encountered much of that. I think that's probably right. I know, well, yes and no, Bob. When when I was working as an attorney, the decision to have children changed my career path in a way that I don't think that the decision to have children affects male attorneys' career paths. And I saw that with some of my colleagues who decided to have children around the same time that I did, that they went from private practice to um, working for the state. I left private practice to start a business because that seemed to be less work. Um, <laughs> I, you know, another great friend of mine was stayed in private practice but was not promoted to partnership when she probably should have been promoted to being a partner in the law firm and right after she had a child. So that was probably my biggest experience with sexism and probably the one that stands out the most in my career. And, and so other, my other experiences with it seem kind of small compared to that. Sharon McWilliams, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Yeah, thank you. uh, And I want to wish you the best of luck in your future professional life. I really appreciate the time you took with us. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you very much. That was my conversation with Sharon McWilliams of Blue Grace Logistics Fair Oaks, talking about women in logistics and her own career path. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast we're streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.